Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. In this, our third year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to Be Human. I'm your host, poet, and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. This is going to be episode 205, Thoughts on Submission Tracking and Submittable. Definitely two subjects I'm extremely familiar with and have an enormous amount of experience in. But more important even than that is the fact that we did something along this line maybe about a year and a half ago, but it was one of those segments when I was doing a multi-subject type of show. So I don't really think I covered enough ground about it, and I really think it just, it just warranted its own episode. And, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit more about maybe some of the different practices I've done with it as well, even since then. Okay? So let's keep this in mind, although, I, I again, I, I'm calling the show Thoughts on Submission Tracking and Submittable. Which clearly means, and I hope it's clear, uh, that I'm going to press upon what I think was important or where I think there were some failings in, in the whole situation of submission tracking and, and the system on our computers called Submittable. All right, it, it doesn't mean that these are the only ways to go about this. It doesn't even mean that these topics have any real, real validity. If you don't want to do any kind of submission tracking at all, you, you're, you're free to not do so. There's nothing wrong about it. It's really a, a very uh, a personal choice. And the same thing with Submittable. I know plenty of people that don't ever use it at all. And, and they're doing just fine. So I'm talking about these things because I know a lot of people that do use them. I also know about people who have asked questions about them. And I really don't want to sit there and do a page email when they can just simply say, hold on, I'm going to be doing a show on that shortly. And maybe that'll answer a lot of your questions. Okay? All right. Now, first thing, submission tracking. Now, there's a couple of ways to go about this, all right? The first way, and, and what most people like to do, mainly because, you know, they're hoping that, you know, the gadgetry out there is going to be really an assistant for them and not just storing stuff, but giving them an idea of things they've done, even if it was last week or last year. And I think that's what the allure is on all this, really. But there's there's some there's some pros and some cons on all this, so we'll talk about it. Now, first of all, if you're looking for a program that's going to help you, uh, you know, track your literary submissions, there aren't lots of them out, them out there. They haven't been for years, and I don't expect it's going to be any more that's going to be out there in, in general. There's a few f a free ones that you can find on the internet. Uh, one of them called Sonar. You can use them. I've tried them all in the past. I was not happy with any of them. Okay. I, I, I found they had a lot of failings to them. They had a lot of problems. I also uh, found that, you know, I'm spending time over here learning a program to track my stuff. I could do this with a piece of paper and a pencil. 
Why do I got to go learn two hours of learning a program? That in, in itself annoys me personally. I don't like putting time on some, some damn computer. So, you know, unless it's really ready and, and to, to go, and a lot of these are not, uh, I'm not too happy with that. I'm really not. I, I have to do enough computer learning. I don't like to do any more than I already have to, okay? Especially since, and we've talked about this on the show many a time. We even had a show on it called Time Management. Oftentimes, we're all very busy people. Busy people with social lives, busy people with jobs and families and children, maybe other hobbies, things you want to just do in general, like date or whatever. And you might not have that much time. I don't know about you, but I feel that, you know, if I have a day or two where I put a couple hours aside, you know, for writing purposes, learning about how to submit something and store it in a computer program and blowing up my two hours for that, I'm not feeling very productive. I'm not feeling like a writer. I'm just feeling like some computer nerd and not even a good one because half the times I'm not even know what the hell they're trying to do. Okay? Because one of the things about tracking, and we're going to talk about this further on the show, is what may be standard in these free programs, and then we'll talk about the ones that you can pay for as well, is they're kind of like putting out categories for you that they think you might need. It doesn't necessarily mean you want them or you need them or you care about them. You might have an entirely different original idea on how you want to track something, which is fine. But a lot of these programs, especially the ones that are free, uh, you can't even change the categories. It's stuck in that way. So you're stuck with a lot of junk you don't need to know. You know, and you're looking at a, a file later on that's missing half of this and half of that because you're only using in what you want to use or what you think you need to use. To me, that's not really a good use of time. It's not really a good use of a program. You know, you want to try to find a program that maybe you can make some alterations to. And well, we're going to go to those type of programs. In the, in the past, once I went through the free literary tracking programs that are on the internet, and as like I said, there's only a couple, there's only like three of them, and they all they all stink, okay? Then I, I went to uh, various like data and maybe even time organizers programs where maybe I can try to adapt some of that stuff. In some instances, I even went to collectible um, programs, and they got ones on the internet that are also free. Collectible programs like, you know, this program's for stamps, or this program's for coins, or this program's is, you know, to... Uh, to put together all the movies in your in your catalog, which unfortunately it sounds ancient these days because I don't know anybody that does that sort of thing anymore. It's just with streaming and, and cable and satellite and everything else. I mean, people don't even buy movies anymore like they used to. So who the hell has a library of 300 movies they want to track? Not really. But sometimes those programs can be adaptable enough to where you can alter the categories in them and make them what you want and then use that program to store your information about your works. It's a possibility. I've done a few times. Later on I still wasn't happy and kind of ditched it. But it's something you might want to look into. Especially if you want to stay on the free part of this. Okay. Another thing that you can do is. And we have a number of things. So this is the next thing. The next thing is you can go to the pre-prepared ones. Okay. There's a few of them out there. One uh, and the more popular one. is called Scrivener. And you got to pay for it. I honestly don't know how much it costs because I never bought it. I never, I never been a big idea, a big person about buying something. 
for use of, of writing uh, on programs. So I've just never been big on that. Very, very, very rare to do anything like that. Other than my screen play um, a final draft uh, program, which unfortunately, if you want to do screenplays for Hollywood, they, uh, like 95% of them use this thing. And otherwise, you, you got to do this through Word, and it's extremely difficult to make everything perfect. And once they say, hey, why don't you just invest a few dollars in the final draft and give us something that we can now uh, uh, you know, adapt into our system right away through the email you send, and then we can look at your screenplay. So I had to break down and buy that. Thank God I had a veteran discount because I'm not, I'm not exactly a person that likes to put a lot of money on these sort of things. That's perfect for screenplays, final draft, no doubt about it. Now, Scribenote, and there's a couple of these programs out there. There's not very many, only a few. I don't know what it costs, $30, $40, something like that. All right. Um, it's one of the, the few programs that seem to be pretty reliable that a lot of people seem to, to really use, where you're able to put in the various information you want to save, okay, about your submission tracking. Now, I'm going to talk about a few other uh, methods here, and then we'll talk about just really the philosophy and the wisdom about what you might want to track and what maybe you don't want to track, okay? And we'll go from there, all right? Now, it's important to keep in mind that, and I've learned this over the years, not everything you do really needs to be tracked. Oftentimes when people are young in writing or they just later on think, I hey, know I think they need to track this more, you're going to find out it, it's, it's a huge disappointment. That's the reason why a lot of these programs I don't feel that I, that I need. In fact, what I do, and we'll talk about this a little bit further, is I simply use the existing program that's in my computer. Uh, it's an accounting program that you can use to, uh, to save information and graph things. It's called Excel. And that's easy to use. Or if you like, you can create your own graph using the Word, the Word Processing uh, Program Word. And you can go over in, into the... Uh, the, uh, the insert graph area and, and literally create your own. How many columns you want, how many lines you want down, etc. Save that and you can keep doing that forever. You can make your own little name on it and all, you know what I mean? This is for the month of, you know, June or, or this is uh, the, the three months of when I submitted, you know, June, July, August or whatever. You could do that too, okay? But what I've learned in the past and what I want to impress upon you is not everything has to be saved, you're going to find out, and I found out the hard way, unfortunately, and I realized I was wasting a lot of time, is I spent about 10 years literally tracking everything. And I mean, everything I ever sent on every level, and every, no matter what happened, and, and, and dutifully noted it all. The problem with all this is that as you get busy in your life, as you get better in writing, there are other things you want to do, and you're spending time doing all this, I, I feel you meaningless tracking, you, you waste a lot of time. And it's just not a useful thing. Time management becomes almost like a, a religion when you, when you grow up and uh, you start having a bigger, bigger job, a bigger responsibility with your, with your wife because you're going to have a child and then the children and the vacations and then work and then church and then school and then the sports for the kids. And it's just, it, it, it seems like it's endless, okay? And believe me, if you thought they didn't want to hear anything about your cool essay on having sex on Jupiter. 
Well, they're really not going to hear about how you were like uh, spending like three hours uh, every month uh, tracking stuff. So just when you thought you couldn't have been really that boring, well, now you went into the real boring thing. All right. So and here's and here's the problem. OK. And this is what I learned. I don't care if you have one year of data, five years of data, 10 years of data. OK. We're all stuck in a modern society now that has almost a religious belief that data, when you collect it, it's going to do something for you. It's going to reveal some dark secret or, or some great secret or some incredible truth. Or, no, sometimes data is just data and you can't get much from it, you know, other than when maybe what you might imagine that you're going to see. But you're not going to get a whole lot from it. You're really not. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some cases out there, you know, um, scientific-wise with, with, you know, animal population and, and possibly police science where data can be useful to sort of like reduce a percentage of a crime or, you know, increase a percentage you're going to identify this or that or whatever, fine. There's going to be some exceptions to all this. But generally, data doesn't tell you a whole lot. Most of the times, data is simply manipulated to serve a person's prejudice on most things in life, particularly in politics. Now, with writing, it's not very helpful because I'll give you an example here, all right? You can track everything that you've done for 10 years, including, a, a, let's say, a particular piece. Let's say it was a poem, okay? And you know, you have 10 years of data showing that you know, it's been rejected like 15 times, all right? And then finally you, you, you got to the mark where it was accepted, okay? Guess what? Other than you now saying to yourself, or maybe even to the world if you want to, you know, um, you know, perseverance is important, man, and persistence is really deep, and it's incredible to stick with stuff, because, like, um, um, I got it rejected 15 times, but now on number 16, I finally got accepted. Uh, big deal. You're not saying anything to anyone. You're not revealing any deep truth. And, in fact, you're not going to learn anything from it. This is one of the problems with going overboard with tracking, okay? You won't learn anything from it. I didn't learn anything from it at all, okay? Other than on the 16th time, on the 16th different publication, okay, it finally got published, which I think in that particular case was like four years into the situation, all right? Why did it? Well, let's rule out all the stuff that would be obvious. Um, I didn't change it or improve it in any fashion. I left it alone, okay? All right. Um, yes, you can always assume that I followed all the rules including oftentimes even including a cover letter unless it says don't give me a cover letter. So everything I followed, nothing different about the 15 times or more importantly the 16 time when it got picked up. So what truth am I deriving from any of this? I don't know. I don't want to sound you know um, silly about myself. I certainly don't want to sound like I'm putting down myself, but it could just be as simple as, you know, I finally got around to that 16th publication that I never submitted to before, and they liked it, and they had picked it up. Do I know if I had done it earlier, they could have picked it up? Again, we don't really know. Now, I've had, and I, I actually did a little bit of research on this. It's maddening, but I did it anyway, just because you get curious. I went through the data, and I found a number of instances where I've submitted the same poem to the same publication like six and seven times over the course of maybe like five or six years. Okay? 
there's been a few examples of that when, guess what? That same publication wind up publishing that same poem. In some cases, an essay. Okay? Why? I don't know. I guess if you want to be clever and extrapolate, well, Mark, maybe, um, like, uh, after a couple of years, they, they got a different editor, and that editor just saw something different in your work and decided to go with it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I know in some instances, because I stopped doing it at one point, but in some instances, uh, in my catalog of, of long catalog of submissions, I literally had down the editor's name in there. So, you know, it didn't strike me that it was a different editor when I'm telling you the story at the time. So I'm thinking it's probably the same one. Well, Mark, maybe he just passed it off to one of his like assistant editors and they loved it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he got hit by lightning. Uh, maybe he found Jesus three weeks before. You know what I mean? Maybe he banged his uh, his wee on the toilet seat a week ago. I don't know. And became humble. You got me. There's no way to know. So you're doing all this data collecting for your tracking of submissions and you're finding out that there is no real truth to it at all. You can't derive anything. I used to think, and I was hoping when I was doing all this, and this is what a lot of people are hoping on, and I don't mean to dash those hopes. I'm just trying to save you some time, all right? I was hoping that maybe I get something out of this information that I could use to maybe increase my chances on getting accepted. Or, or maybe I could learn something. Pfft. Nope. Nothing I learned, nothing that increased my chances. There was never any, any correlation to any of this stuff. Just a bunch of useless information that didn't do anything. Now, you can say, and this is probably the only valid reason you can say, uh, is it's good to track this stuff on a basic level just because if you do get something accepted somewhere else and you did a lot of those simultaneous submissions to maybe seven or eight magazines, at least it gives you time to, uh, you know, contact those other ones back and, you know, tell them to withdraw it because it's been published someplace else. Maybe that's probably the only redeeming value of that type of... Uh, Submission tracking going that far. Okay? And possibly that's it. It might be. But I don't even know if you need to go that far because... And we're going to go over to this next here. But... In Submittable, it literally saves everything that you submitted because it, it, it already tracks it for you. Alright? So it's not hard... To do multiple submissions, simultaneous submissions, whatever you want to call it, inside of a submittable. And then later on you go back and check the page out when something else got accepted somewhere else and you can see that. And then you can make some decisions about what you want to do. There's literally a place where you can withdraw it. You can even put a reason why you withdrawed it. Alright? We'll get to that. Now, I like Excel. And I've done Word too. I've done both of it when I've had different projects I wanted to do. Sometimes I want to do a tracking of a book project or a number of book projects that I put out there versus stuff that was just regular individual writing, like a poem or an essay or a fiction or something like that. Okay? What I've done probably for like over 10 years now is I found that submission tracking was still important to me, but it was only important to me on the information that was positive. So pretty much I only tracked the stuff that ultimately came back and got accepted. And the reason I felt that that submission tracking was the best is because not only that it's positive, but also 
when you want to continually to update and revolve around your, your bio, whether it's a long bio for a book project or a shorter one for, you know, something fresh from someplace else uh, that, that, you know, published you, you have that information right there in front of you. You can look at your tracking submissions, see all the things that got accepted, when, um, what the name of them was and all that, and you can put that in there. It helps. Sort of like a good memory keeper for that. I found that's all it's really good for, and, and that's it. Uh, anything else to me, it seemed like a lot of time, a lot of time wasted. And more importantly, like we just mentioned before, you're just not getting any real facts or anything out of it at all. You know, and to me, uh, life is short, in my opinion. And in many instances, you only have so much time and, and you're the custodian of your own time. So if you can't figure out how to manage it correctly, it's just wasted. You know, you're better off editing something for two hours. At least you could say you've done something productive versus going through three weeks of, of submitting stuff and just putting down magazines and dates and pending this and just get rejected that big deal. So I urge you not to consider doing that, but it's up to you. If you want to, you're free to do so, especially if you're one of those people that have more time. Maybe you're a retired person. You got a lot more time on your hands. Maybe it's a fun thing to do. Go, go for it. Maybe you're younger, you're not married and have kids and you got more time. Again, go for it. It, it. Nothing wrong with doing it. It's just that you're not going to get a whole lot out of it, unfortunately. If you want to spend the money on one of those tracking things, you can. But quite frankly, I really think that they're only useful in the terms of how much you're using them. And if you really want to make it the, the, the bang for the buck on something like that, you're going to wind up having to put all kinds of information in, including stuff that, you know, again, it makes no sense, like rejections and this, that, and whatever. And what's the point of all that? Again, nice, nice, nice program, but it's still a waste of time. And ultimately, it could be a waste of money. Because if you do what I do, just the positive stuff, you don't even need that kind of a program. It's way beyond any of that. You could do that, like I said, with a simple Word document. You could do that with, with a simple Excel thing. Hell, I've known people that all they do is, is buy a, a loose-leaf binder and a, a bunch of uh, pages that have already been punched out and just write all that stuff in there by hand. The positive, the negative, whatever. But they, they do it that way. And that's how they like to do it. Like I said, this shows about the thoughts on the submission tracking, so those are my thoughts on it, all right? It doesn't mean that these are the only thoughts that could be out there on it. Hell, you could say I'm not valid at all and, and you should just track everything. And that's fine. I've already told you what I've done, what I found that was not useful, and what I'm now doing, which I find to be not only a better consumption of my time, but also a little bit more positive too. I didn't. I never liked the fact that I'm, I'm staring at some chart and it has like 17,000 R's on it and like, you know, like 10 A's. R being rejection, A being accepted. Not a very helpful thing, I think, in some cases, especially if you're beating yourself up on rejections in general. You're having a tough week for other things involving all of this, and, you know, you got to look at that. So, to me, I, I never found it very uplifting. And I'm all for things that are not uplifting if you're deriving some useful thing out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that sometimes that, that you can get some gain from, from pain. But you can't get no gain from this crap that's worth nothing. And that's the problem with a lot of the information. It's just not worth useful at all. Other than, 
you know, you can cleverly say to yourself, whew, I just uh, submitted the eighth time now in five years to that magazine. Hmm, I wonder if they'll take me now. Who the hell knows? I guarantee they don't remember you the other times you submitted. Who knows if they're going to remember you this time? All right, you just don't know. All right, folks, now let's go on to the next thing here. That is, for the good and for the bad, like, I, like most things, okay, submittable. Submittable is one of those program trackings that's on the Internet that you could sign up for free, okay? Because you don't ever pay for anything in submittable, all right? Oftentimes, the way it works is the people who are using it, the magazines, the journals, etc., they have to pay a fee for it. And some of them, in turn, will charge a fee for the submission. And we'll talk about that as we go along submittal. And I, I'll, I don't mind rehashing some of my thoughts about that as well. Okay? But one thing is one thing, one thing thing is important to note. All right? What I do and what you can do is learn to use submittable in the functions that it provides without going without going overboard. And when you do something like this with the understanding that you're not using submittable in place of what you're already tracking. Many a times you're using it in a parallel way because there's simply so ways and ways to go about this. And I'll give you a good example. You can put together an Excel little little chart thing to, to track your stuff or maybe something in Word, all right? And most likely, those that you're doing right there are not going to be submittable magazines. They're going to be magazines that simply take it through the email. So that's what I've done is I've created two different systems, the ones that are from email and then everything that's in submittable because it makes no sense to put anything in your little Excel Word tracking thing from submittable when submittable is already doing that for you. It's redundant. You're not making any sense, and you really are wasting time. Let Submittable does what it does, and then you do what you have to do over there. So that's really how it divides itself. It does it naturally because you don't want to be able to, to double do your work. Let your other list be email stuff, and then, of course, the other list is Submittable. All right? Now, like I said, Submittable actually tracks your work. So what will happen is... You go to a magazine, and we're going to talk further about the submission fee. That's another part of this show. But let's say you go to Submittable, you, you read the guidelines, and remember, Submittable, they give you the guidelines right up there in your face. There's no reason at all, okay, in Submittable, and I'm not defending it. I'm just telling you the, the truth of how it works, okay? There's no reason to ever, ever get rejected in Submittable, by screwing up somebody's rules. If you do, that means you just didn't read them. You just shot the thing through and have have a good day. I don't know what the point of doing that is then. You just you know, you might as well just take that work and throw it in the in, in the garbage or on the you know in the toilet bowl. Because it have a better chance of getting published there. They give you precise rules, folks, okay? The people who pay to be unsubmittable, to get your attention, to, to get your work to review it, they often are very precise. A lot more than many magazines that take things by email, that have a set of rules that are not as stringent. When it comes to submittable, maybe because they're spending the money, 
Maybe because they have a big, more backed institutions. Maybe because they have a bigger circulation. Hell, I don't know all the exact reasons. All I do know is that it's not a coincidence that they happen to be a lot more laborious on their rules. Okay? I mean, you're going to have people that literally say, I don't care if your poem is single or double-spaced, but your fiction better be double-spaced. Or we're not going to take it. Or it better be double-spaced and I better have all the pages numbered. And it better be in 12 size with, with Times Roman numeral. Or it better just be in Docs or in, in Google Docs. Where in that case, though, if you try to slip them a PDF, it's not going to work. Because when you do an email, you can send whatever you want to send and ignore the rules if that's what you want to do. You know, they, they might just reject you. You might never hear from them again. With submittable, it's a lot different. It's program locked. So when it says at the bottom over there what kind of files it's going to take, you can't send somebody a PDF it's not listed. It won't physically take it. It'll say, this is not part of the content. It won't allow it. So you can't make a mistake on that or do something dumb because you want to be a rebel. It's just not going to work. It'll literally tell you what you can take. And I'm sorry to say, this is extra work. That's one of the problems with having to deal with Submittable is everything that involves Submittable and the magazines that you're trying to aim at, there is extra work involved. Because I, I, I know, you know, you're no different than I am, okay? You work on your, 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 your piece, you go a couple, couple drafts, you figure it's ready to go, okay? Unless you are ready, before you submit to anybody, make a couple different versions of it. In the past, I used to do that and I stopped doing it. I mean, in the past, I literally would have three files. The doc file for Word, the Google Docs file, and a PDF. This way, whoever the hell wanted anything, I, I had it. I just pull it out there and throw it over there. I stopped doing that a long time ago. If you're not taking Word, I don't care. Could have a good day then. There's 20,000 magazines out there. I can't be worrying about converting all my stuff over, you know, just for this one place that takes it. And you'll notice, if you haven't have a lot of experience on submitting, uh, there's a lot of people that accept PDF into a laundry list of things they'll accept, but you're not going to find too many more magazines anymore that say, I will only take PDF. In fact, the truth is that it's only really good when you have some special indentations, some special fonts, some special spacing, some special things that are going on in the piece itself on an experimental basis where PDF is going to really freeze it into place and help transfer it better. Where if you did something like that instead of the word, by the time they get it, it's like blown the hell up. So, other than that, it's not really useful for anything a anymore. So, I just stick with the doc. Some, you're going to have a few magazines that said we only want Google Docs. And then, I, I, what I do is I take something like that on a case-by-case -case basis. And that's really what I would recommend for you to do. Which means simply this. Do I want to spend my time reconverting this damn file to, go to Google Docs just for this magazine? Well, yeah. If you read through it and you feel, wow, I really want to be part of what they're doing. Wow, I feel like I think they're speaking to me. Wow, I think I'm speaking to them. Wow, wow, wow. Well, you got a lot of wows in there. Well, then do the extra work then. It's worth it. Because after a couple of wows, hell, no problem. Versus you read something and you go, you know, I'm not feeling it. It seems kind of like lackluster, kind of ho-hum. I've, I've seen this kind of crap before. Why do I got to do this extra work? There you go. Now... What I recommend for you to do is this. If you do have the wow and you do decide to, you know, to convert it over, 
Remember, save that. You can make a file just with PDF and just throw anything in it that's PDF. You don't have to name it anything, you know, just the PDF. You know, in the name of the, uh, you know, of course, the, the work. But just put a PDF file in there or docs, you know, Google or docs file or something. This way, you know, if you ever come across that again and no one else has picked this up, you already have it ready to go. There you go. But there's going to be lots and lots of exceptions to all of this. And you'd be surprised at how much extra work you have to do every time you submit to somebody. It's it's one of the, you know, the, the, the fresh things about submittable and the horrors at the same time. You have to ask yourself... You know, is it work all the extra work? Do I really need to go to this magazine where I got to change the file type? Some of them actually want you to change the file configuration, which means that they literally want you to say, um, or Rossi, Scooby-Doo is cool, you know, uh, June uh, uh, 1999. I mean, some literally tell you to put the name, the title, the, the genre, all that crap in the file name. So not only are you changing everything, you got to change the damn file configuration as well. And guess what? That is so unique to what they're doing that you can save it if you want, but the chances are you're probably never going to use it again. <laughs> you know, but again, save it. Save anything you change. You never know if you can use it again, but you'll find that it's not so, so common. But you got some folks that'll do that. Or they're going to want you to, and I've seen this more and more now, Instead of you giving them the file, okay, and then giving them the cover letter and a separate file so that when you're uploading to Submittable, you're submitting the writing file and then you're submitting a cover file. In fact, in some of the cases, some of the magazines have literally allowed a couple of portals where uh, it's possibly a pricing thing where they can afford to do a little bit more because not everybody does this, but I've seen it already, where it'll literally say, at the bottom there, we'll take four different kind of files. So that gives you a chance to give them your your summary, gives you a chance to give them your bio, gives you a chance to give you uh, give them um, a cover letter, and then the work itself. And that's the four files they want. Where some will actually go to the point of, yeah, uh, this is a, this is where you put the cover letter at. This is where you put the bio at, and then at the very bottom, this is where you put the writing file at. They actually have individual portals for that. Okay, but you're going to have some folks that literally say, you know, I don't want a separate cover letter. I want you to actually build the cover letter inside the file that has the writing. So when I get your file and open it up, I'm reading your cover letter and then I scroll down and I see your writing. Some people are doing that now. I don't know if that's the new thing to make it faster and easier for editors or just some something that's coming up. But I've seen it more and more now. I don't know if it's a trend for the future. I can't tell you if they're going to all half do it now. Who the hell knows? All I know is it's happening more now. And it's so important when you're in submittable. I'm t- not that it's not important when, you, when you're submitting to a journal that just has an email. I'm not suggesting that. You need to read guidelines and comprehend what they want and then make decisions inside you about if you want to go with that or not. But submittable, I mean, it, it, is, so, it is so crucial because... If you take things for granted or if you think you read something and, and, and you just go about it willy-nilly, you're going to find yourself rejected and, and it'll never tell you why. And then you realize later on, oh my God, you know, I didn't put my full name and address and phone number and email in the right corner on every damn page. That's what they want me to do. Some of them will actually do that. So now you got to open up your file, double space it, 
put page numbers on it, put the whole damn uh, contact information practically on every right corner of every page, create a damn file and go send that over. It's maddening because you're going to find a lot of magazines that literally tell you from the first line of the guidelines, we don't want any identification on any pages. Give us a separate cover letter. Some will literally say we don't want a cover letter. We'll depend on submittable for you to fill in the cover information in the cover area and then to give us a little like 50 word, a short bio and a little short bio area. This is where you literally fill it in. And then you put your work out. So they are so diverse and different and, and, and a bit maddening. So uh, it, it takes a lot of work to go through submittable, okay? You could have, I'll give you an example. You can have 10 publications that you are just gung-ho for and submittable. And I swear to God, you could be at three hours before you're done with just 10 of them trying to go through all the stuff they want you to do and, and submit it successfully. I mean, it could be that much work. I'm telling you, it could be... 30 minutes because you got to do all this other stuff. You're not, most people are not ready to do all this. I don't know about you and maybe you do something different and that's fine. But when I'm finished with my fiction piece and I've done all the drafts and everything, it's still single space. I don't double space anything ever. It's a damn computer. It's not like you're going to write on your screen when it comes in for editing purposes. This is not the old fashioned days where it's snail mail. At least they had an excuse for that. We have to red pencil this mark. So you got to be able to do that. We're not saying it in the mail anymore. So I don't know if it's an old vestige from an older time and they're just trying to sound editorial or, you know, or what. But it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Most of them don't even have the programs to mark up something for editing purposes. They really don't. They have the same stuff that we have. So I don't like to get carried away with this sort of stuff. So I'm not a big devil space kind of person. So when I come across somebody that wants that, my first inclination is, and it's up to you if you want to feel this way or not. My first inclination is, is this place worth it for me to do all this crap? That's my first thing. If it is, you're damn right I'm going to do it. If it's not, I'm skipping them to somebody else that's a little easier. Okay? It's because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to submit in Submittable. It really is. Now, there's a number of things you got to keep in mind about Submittable. Good and bad. Uh, the good is, of course, you got yourself... A free built-in submission tracker. All right? It'll say the name of your piece. It'll say the name of the publication. Okay? In many instances, it'll give you the genre of what's going on. Uh, poetry, essay, play, fiction, nonfiction, blah, blah, blah. A lot of times it'll say that as well. And then it'll give the date of when you actually submitted it. And and on, on the extreme left, it's going to say, you know, um, it'll say received. Okay? And then after that, uh, for a period of time, uh, then it might go into, you know, where, it, you know, they're actually reading it. And it'll and change that then. And then you'll see that, that, that they're pending, they're reading it. You got to keep something in mind that it's easy when you've done 10, 20, 30, 50 uh, journal submissions in email. Regardless of whether you track them and how you track them. All right. Time can go by and, and you just don't notice it. Submittable is a lot different because submittable is something you could look at every day. And quite frankly, uh, it could seem like things are taking forever because sometimes they do. One of the things you got to keep in mind is, and I give you an example, okay? Let's say you submitted something in May. Let's say it's the beginning of May, okay? 
By the end of the May, you still see it says it's in the received category. You're like, God damn, it's almost like 30 days now. What the heck? And then you forget until you peek into it a little bit further. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, the, the deadline is the 1st of August. So in Submittable, they could put out some serious deadlines out there. You could submit stuff, and if you're not looking carefully, it could be the spring of 2022. So uh, naturally, they haven't got a chance to read it yet. They probably haven't got a chance to even look at any of that stuff yet. They're still building up things. So you, it could be months before anyone even looks at that. Now, I'm not suggesting that you get into Submittable and submit something two weeks before. Okay? Because Submittable is far different than submitting something by email on a journal. Submittable also counts the submissions on the other end to the journal. Some journals, they have a cap. And sometimes they'll publicly announce that cap. Other times, they only announce it when they've reached the cap. Otherwise, you don't even know they had a cap. So it's never a good idea to wait around a while for something because you might find that it was open for submissions two weeks ago, and now suddenly it's not. It'll say, we reached our cap. A lot of magazines these days, when they use Submittable, they have a cap. They might publicly tell you. They might not publicly tell you. Let's say it's 250 entries or 400 entries or whatever. Once they reach that, that's it. They won't take no more. And, and many of these magazines tend to be, uh, you know, artistic, big institution magazines. Many of them are academic journals, the literary ones uh, that are built into these institutions. So you're going along the lines of the school schedule many times. So if they're done with you, you know, in the springtime, you miss that chance. A lot of, ma- a lot of magazines on the academic level don't have a summer for, for any kind of submissions because they're all way back home again. They don't go back to school again into the fall. So you'll find that oftentimes um, academic magazines, especially as you'll notice in Submittable, they might only have three windows for submission, the spring, the fall, and the winter. And that's it. So literally, if you miss a spring, you, you, you won't be submitting until like the fall. So let's say they, they closed out in, you know, in May. <laughs> you might not be able to submit till like October. I don't know about you, but that's a long time to be waiting around. Maybe you jot a note someplace. Let's try the, I don't, I don't even know if you remember, but you can do that if you want. But to me, I, I don't like to wait around. Uh, so I get something out there. Okay. And I, that's what I suggest for you to do. Not wait. Okay, if you have to wait a long time for them to read it, oh well. But at least it's in there. You didn't get it knocked out or, or rejected or anything uh, for that. For, you know, just because uh, you missed the, the guideline or, or, or the, um, you know, the shutout for that. How many they accept. Now, this is my own policy that I'm going about to tell you. It's not something I tell you to do. It's up to you. Okay, I close myself out of a lot of markets I could be in. Because I absolutely refuse to pay any kind of submission fee. Okay? I would say on any given day, 75% of the stuff you see in Submittable that they want money for. A dollar, three dollars, five dollars, ten dollars. Sometimes it's for one submission. Sometimes, hey man, we'll, we'll, we'll let you do three submissions for ten dollars. Yeah, that's real generous of you. Thanks. Uh, hell no. That's for me. I don't do it. I know I miss out on some. Oh well. But I'm not putting out money. I don't like the idea of I got to pay you to read my work. Because I don't know what the hell that says about me when I do that. That's my feelings. That's my philosophy on it. They'll give you a whole song and dance about, well, we got to... We got to like pay for this service and blah, 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 blah. My feeling has always been this, okay? It's wrong. 
to pay for someone to read your work. I think it's demeaning. I think it's insulting. I think you should go to hell because I'm not doing it. That's my first feeling on it. My second feeling is, why am I paying for your decision? I didn't ask you to go to Submittable. You could have been a magazine that got subsidized by the university and just get it by email like lots of other people do and still go about your business. Why do you need this so bad? You like to be fancy? You like some extra edge or something? May it's easier for you? It's not easier for me. You've given us more work than ever before. Remember when we talked about Submittable being more work? Well, that's one of the reasons. They make you practically do everything. It's like, how the hell are you an editor when I'm doing everything over here? I'm practically reading the work for you. You know, now I got to pay you on top of that? Uh, no. Nuh-uh-uh. So what I do is simply this. Uh, a lot of magazines I simply don't ever, ever, ever submit to. Now, more and more, because I think they realize that people are not too exactly happy about this kind of crap, is you'll find that magazines will have a, a one free issue um, a year situation. The problem with that is that, you know, you're going to have to note when that happens and get the hell over there right away and submit it. Because what they do on those issues, they cap them real quickly. So, you know, you, you, by the time you get over there, it's been a week or something. They, they, you probably, it's probably done already. It's probably already capped out. But if you can get in there, that's what I do. So the only time that I ever submit to a magazine that wants money is when they offer a free issue. That's it. All right. I've had a few that um, uh, have offered um, a, a free uh, a fee. It, it, you know, if you're a military veteran or something like that, I am. So I'll, I'll take that. But that's about it. Otherwise, I just don't. So the only time I ever get published in something that would charge a fee is because they, they had a free submission period that time. Because you can believe what I'm telling you. You can believe it. I practice what I preach, and you're not getting my money, period. Don't care who you are. Don't care how important it's supposed to be, this, that, and whatever. No. Some things you have to live by if you're going to have any kind of integrity or if you're going to have any kind of semblance of what you believe in. Because the problem with people these days and in this modern era is I'm not sure what anybody believes anymore because they always seem to have a, a back door somewhere. They always seem to have a gray area somewhere. They always seem to have an exception somewhere or an excuse. I don't know. How about you just believe what you're supposed to be believing? Because otherwise, if you don't believe anything, maybe you just say that, hey, I don't believe in anything. That'll at least be honest. At least that's something versus, you know, I believe in this except for on Thursday when I got to smack you in the head and on Friday I got to like uh, run across the, the roof. Stop the crap. So that's why I do that. That is one of the cons of, of course, Submittable, is that you have to have a lot of people asking you for money, for fees and stuff like that. And I, I don't find it acceptable at all, okay? Plus, from my own experience behind the scenes in other editing places, and of course, I, I wind up creating my own, my own magazine, Aerial Chart, is um, I don't believe that they're accountable with the money. And I honestly believe that in more cases than not, you're simply subsidizing whatever prejudices and friends and, and, and relatives they're bringing on board to publish, and you're paying for them to do that. So it's just like a triple insult. You're paying them to read your work, if they even read it at all. Then you're just pretty much helping them to finance whatever, whatever prejudice, whatever gender, whatever the hell they have. It doesn't include you. So if they're going to have that kind of crap, that's fine. But you're not going to have my money too, okay? So that's that's those are my feelings on that. All right. Other people. 
you know, what they do uh, is uh, sometimes they occasionally, uh, I think it's worth it for this contest, so I think it's worth it for this, or, you know, blah, 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 you know. In many instances, um, you, you'll have a lot of these uh, magazines that they'll publish uh, chapbooks or um, books uh, through contests. And you got to pay a fee, $10, $15. Now they're up to $30, okay? And what they've done to make it look more legitimate is they just hired some guest judge to do something. So make it look like, no, it's not them. But, you know, uh, it, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything other than you give somebody a couple bucks in the end. They make a couple selections and, and then you're still selecting what you want. So it, it doesn't mean that it, it's any more, you know, uh, honest or, or or anything more that that's valid. If you if you do these things, folks, you do them at your own risk. And, uh, you know, and if you have the money to throw away, I mean, I guess throw it away. It's probably more healthier for you to give $30 to an academic journal than spend $30 on McDonald's, you know? But, hell, it tastes a whole lot better at McDonald's than any of the crap these people are going to be giving you for that $30, which usually entails a form letter about four months later saying, oh, man, you, you were really great, but it just didn't fit us, and we picked it somebody else. Have a good day. Thanks for that $30. So... That's normally what you're going to be getting for that, <laughs> unfortunately. Now, they've included in the last couple of years, and hopefully they continue, a really, really useful feature in, in Submittable. Okay? They didn't have this in the past, but now it's extremely helpful. What you'll do is you'll go into Submittable after you sign up, which you just give them your email and your name. Okay, it's free. All right? Um, there's a profile there where you can actually put in a, a mini bio that every time you submit, your mini bio actually goes with you so you don't have to keep writing it. It's another like saving of time feature for Submittable that'll be good for you. Another thing they have next to the active list of all the things that you've uh, you know submitted over the last month, year, or whatever, is what's called Discover. And this is extremely helpful because what happens is when you hit Discover, it gives you a, a multiple function dashboard that tells you by keyword all the things that you can now search for. So I'll give you an example. You can go into Submittable after you hit Discover and hit Fiction. And then at the bottom below that, you can hit in, I want all the magazines that want fiction that won't charge me a fee. So you can hit No Fee, Fiction, and now you have a list. And you can have this list. It could be like six months to a year long. Now, don't get me wrong, because of what you just did, you might not have a list that's that long. <laughs> okay, where if you hit fee, <laughs> you know, you, you're going to probably have like 30 pages. You hit no fee, you might have like five pages, but still, it allows you to program what you want, and then you can go over there. If you like what they're looking for, okay, remember, you still have the guidelines, so you still have to make alterations to your writing and, to your, and, and most likely to your file, but once you like what you've seen and once you've done that, all you have to do is hit that button there, all right, and it'll take that file, it'll connect it to the profile you created in Submittable, and now suddenly you can hit a button and it shoots it out there. You now have it on record, and they know a little bit about you, and you go about your business. Okay, so that's a really good function because it really serves as not just a submission tracker, but it winds up serving as a sort of like market researcher for you that you help program. They have all kinds of all kinds of keywords over there for things in writing. You can find stuff about screenplays. You can stuff about plays, uh, fiction, nonfiction, poetry. Uh, you can even break it down into like women, 
Uh, you can break it down to, to gay. You can go down to the feminist stuff. You go down to a chapbook, a manuscript, a uh, film. Some places are still looking for, you know, a screenplay. Uh, or maybe some magazines want a short film that they're willing to print in their magazine. Uh, they got stuff for art there as well. If you put art out, you can just shoot out something for art. You know, uh, a lot of times they use the JPEG uh, file for that on, on many of these submittable things. So th there's, a, 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 I, I, I found boundless opportunity inside Submittable to really get things done in Submittable. You know, as long as you understand what you're dealing with. Remember, I just gave you all those wonderful pros, and there are a lot of wonderful pros with Submittable. But remember, Submittable is like a knife, okay? And a knife has, has only has enough value as to what you're doing with it, okay? You could stab your neighbor to death with it, or you can cut peppers for your pepper steak meal, all right? You can cut some some rope and and, and save somebody's uh, you know life, or, or you can literally stab your dog. Okay, so is it the knife that's bad? No, just like submittable, it doesn't really operate into the realm of good and bad. It operates in the realm of there are going to be some useful pros there that you can use, and then there's there's some cons, and you just have to. Learn to navigate it. It's not particularly difficult to do. I have it as a real a real function of my own submission, and I use it on a regular basis. I'm no different than anybody else. It, it could be frustrating because it's like I get things accepted with Submittable, but the, if you were to rank it in terms of percentages to the regular journals and email, it's it's a whole lot lower with Submittable, and I send a lot out. So... <laughs> It can be it can be rough, boy. I'm telling you. Maybe just because they get so many in, maybe just because they have more discerning eyes. I don't know. Maybe because they, they put money out, they 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 want you know whatever they consider to be uh, like the Picasso of poetry or something. You got me. But I find that it's a bad idea. Okay, after using it as long as I use it, to simply say no to it because. I've seen it keeps a record of all the stuff that's been rejected. It keeps a record of all the things that have been uh, accepted. So I could look at that acceptance list and say, yeah, man, well, that'd be sucks to, to not use this thing and, and have all those uh, those chances gone out the window. Well, now I, I, I'm happy I got accepted in some of those places and made some new uh, friends and, and, and got my work out there a bit more. So to me, it's exciting just for that reason alone. Now, one of the other really, really useful functions of Submittable is you don't have to go through your email list or maybe even some lists you just, uh, you know, put together to find the places that you now have to redraw something. Which, by the way, and I'm going to make this point to you, it's not something you're going to hear a lot, and, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to be uh, slick or sly about it. But what I recommend to people, and this is based on my experience, you get somebody... And I don't care if it's from Submittable or it's from your email list, okay? Hey, um, hey Mark, um, I'm going to publish this in July, and I, I think it's great work, and we're so happy to have you. Great. Thank you very much. Have a good day, okay? It's a good idea to wait. I mean, if it's only going to be a month or two away, fine. Don't go around withdrawing a whole bunch of stuff, especially if you did a lot of simultaneous simulations right away, because you don't know what's going to happen. If, if July is two months away from when they told you you got accepted, you could literally be yanking five or six pieces out, and then you could find out later on, you know, I made a mistake, and I really didn't want this piece. Or my favorite one, 
you know, after uh, thinking it over, we decided to close up the shop and we're going to go on a hiatus now. So sorry about that. Meanwhile, you just pulled it off from everybody. You're not going to be able to go back there and, and email them. Hey, you know, I, I pulled out because somebody said they're going to accept me, but now uh, they went out of business and, yeah, well, have a good day. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, we'll look at it again. You're not going to get that sort of stuff. They're going to think you're nuts. Okay. But these things happen for real. So I like to not pull things out, okay, until I, I get some communication. Hey, we're about to get that thing ready to go, or, or, or if it's just wait for it to get published. If by then somebody has says, hey, you know, we, we want this, that might be the good time then to tell them, listen, it got accepted recently, so um, I'm sorry I didn't get back to you, but please withdraw that. Have a good day. This way you're, you're upfront, you're honest, you're doing the right thing. But until then... I just don't like the idea of, of pulling something out that, you know, or early like that. I, I've had a number of instances myself where, you know, I, I, I got bitten by that and it wasn't my fault. I haven't done anything. I'm trying to do the right thing here. So that's what I say to do. You're not hurting anybody. Somebody could say, well, Mark, you know, you're just making them waste time on you. Well, how is it a waste of time? They say they want it. I just gave them the truth. Don't take it. Have a good day. I've done what I'm supposed to do. Okay. Is there some rule I'm supposed to let you know five minutes after someone accepted me? No, there isn't. Especially if you've been burnt before. To me, I don't do that. Great thing about submittable is you, especially if a lot of that stuff's over there, you can hit withdraw. They have a withdraw button. And in that withdraw, you could even put down the reason why. Hey, you got accepted someplace else. Uh, thank you very much. Have a good day. Hope to see you again. You know? So that's what you can do on that. And that's my advice about that. Not everybody's going to take that advice. Some people, they want to be Boy Scouts. I'm, I'm just going to do it right after I accept that mark. I think it's the only honorable thing to do. Cool. It is an honorable thing to do. My my philosophy here is it's not the only honorable thing to do. Because in the end, you should also be trying to do something to protect yourself. And to protect that work that you just put out there for. And it's not your fault that these things can happen. So why pay the price 20 times over? And that's what will happen sometimes. You know, if you simultaneously submit like I do, and I do a lot, I only do it on the ones that say they don't want that. But everybody else is they're okay with it. They just say, let us know. Well, I just let you know. You know, that, that's that. I might have 5, 10, 20 out there. It happens. You know, I let everybody know the best I can. That's all I can do. Now, one of the things that I feel the con about a submittable that I'm not liking, and I'm not talking about just the money. Because you're going to have plenty of magazines out there that do everything by email that, you know, that they might want money in the sense of, you know, we're only going to take a, a subscription to somebody if we accept it, if they're willing to buy a subscription, you know, through our magazine or something or buy one of our chapbooks or something like that. That's still an exchange of funds if you look at it that way. And I don't do that. But one of the things I always hope for with the system that has never come to pass is it's not faster. I mean, uh, God bless you guys on the other side that use it where it gives you all this wonderful information. You can track this, you can do that, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't help the writer at all. I find at times just as bad as snail mail and sometimes even worse. There's simply no good reason under the sun unless you're an annual magazine that it should take six months or more where I'm still in the reading stage. I've had it with raw stuff. And I'm, again, I'm not suggesting you do this. This is what I've done. It's up to you. You know, but I have I have a certain about a feeling about myself and my work. And quite frankly, if you got something four or five months and you still haven't even got a chance to look at it yet, it's still to say that, you know, it's received. 
You know, I withdraw it. And all the times I withdraw it, I'll put a little note of protest in there. Why am I waiting five months for? Hmm? I don't understand. What was the point of that? That's why you have to simultaneously submit. Because of garbage like that, it happens all the time. A huge amount of time. And submittable is one of the one of the real, uh, I, I feel, uh, places that happens the most that I've ever seen. Because you can track stuff. It literally tells you. Uh, you submitted this thing, uh, Mark, uh, four months, seven days, and 28 hours ago with some crap. I mean, it tells you that. So you're looking at it going, what the hell's taking so long? Again, you got a biannual? I got, I got no, I got no complaint with six months. That's just the way it is, and I'll live with that. Okay, you got an annual? Yeah, I gotta wait seven to eight months. That's just the way it is. Okay, you got to buy monthly. You got a damn quarterly magazine. Six months makes no sense because what you're literally telling me is you haven't even looked at my stuff yet, and you've actually produced another publication issue beyond the one that I already submit towards. Okay, and now I'm looking at maybe the third or the fourth one. How the hell long is it taking you to do this? Well, Mark, we uh, got a lot of submissions in. Well, I don't know what the hell that means. If this thing is supposed to help you, why is it not helping the writer? Because I don't see any. If it's not helping you, it's certainly not helping me. So I don't really get that. It's another con to it that, that just drives me up the wall. So I've done a lot of withdrawing over my time, and I still do. I, I just evaluate it. I look it over and see where it's state it's at. I'm telling you, if it's still in reading state after about three or four months, I'm out of there. Just won't do it. I don't I don't like the idea. At all. And I don't really recommend. But again, it's up to you. If you want to keep waiting, you can. I've had a few where I just I, I tested the boundaries. I let it go six months. Oh, I'm gonna give them this benefit, this benefits folks, huh? There's no benefit of the doubt over the course of time. It's just doubt, doubt, doubt. And you just, you know, especially if you're one of those people that for whatever reason, you only send out one of the pieces that you really feel strong about, maybe like one or two places. So now you're keeping your piece hostage to one or two people, one of them on submittal for a half a, half a year. For what? Makes no sense. Now, some of them allow you to send a message inside there so you can use the message section not all of them have the function but a lot of them do where you can literally message them hey listen man it's been like three months and you said in your guidelines after three months yeah it's okay to make some contact i mean are you going to even read it whatever uh, i could tell you right now i've done it a few times it, it never worked out it almost seems like i just simply allowed them to find it someplace and pull it out there wipe their butt with it and then say yeah you know we declined it have a good day so does this mean that maybe they would have looked at it later on and publicly uh, published it? Who the hell knows? But quite frankly, I would rather have them wipe their butt with it, okay, than for it to sit there for an eternity. Because to me, it's offensive. I, I just won't go for that. It's up to you and what you feel about what's offensive, and it's up to you what you feel like, what you want to stick around for. But I, I could tell you right now, because submittable is like that knife, you got to decide. Are you going to use it right? Cut those vegetables, have that wonderful meal? You're going to use it wrong and cut your finger off because you're not paying attention? Or are you going to use it in a ghastly way and stab your neighbor? Because <laughs> you could do all kinds of wacky things with it, you know? But in the end, if you use it correctly, you'll find that it's a good partner tool to the other things that you're doing. 
as long as you're using it right. You know, and, and uh, to me, I, I, I just make sure I stay proactive on it, okay? I, I'm not supposed to be some sheep over here. I'm waiting for someone to tell me how nice my wall, my wool looks or something, you know? It should be the same process like anything else. If anything, it should be faster. So I, I find it triple amazing that you got people that actually pay these folks and they're still going through the same crappy experience I'm going on the ones that are free. They're waiting three, four, five, six months. What the hell are you waiting for? They got your money, published a bunch of other stuff, and they haven't even read your stuff yet. So you got to be really careful about that. That's what I'm telling you. Because if you don't, you know, you wind up, in my feeling, using using um, your time unwisely. And quite frankly, it becomes undignified. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, everybody has a different feeling. I might get some emails about this show when we do one of those review shows one day. Mark, you're going too deep into it. Mark, you're getting this too personal. Well, let me get you something, something, folks. Writing is not just business. Writing is personal. Writing might be both. But I know for me, it certainly is personal. And I don't like uh, uh, that stuff sitting around over there. Makes no damn sense. So I'll just keep that in mind, okay? Because... Even though it might not live to everything I'd like or everything uh, could possibly be, it might never. But it's because, you know, it's sold, engaged for the journals. I'm just simply a user. So I'm not saying that the user is not as important because, quite frankly, if you don't have a lot of people using it, who the hell wants to use it now that and then pay them? Hey, I only got like 10 people like this month. What the hell? You know, so they make it at least uh, appealing enough for you as a free user to use it. But you're just not going to get all the, you know, all the hay out of that uh, out of that barrel. I'll tell you that you're just not, and and that's fine. Again, it's a fine compliment to the other things you're doing, and I really find it worthwhile to 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 use. Just keep all of those things in mind. You know, listen back to the show. That's a great thing about podcasts. You can kind of rewind it and go listen to it again, so you can find some of the pros and cons and some of the things you're going to make. But submittable is a lot more work, and submittable is really, I feel, about making some serious decisions about what you want to do. Not only with your time, with your money, with the decisions you want to do with your work, how you want to handle stuff, what do you feel is a line that's crossed, you know. You could use it for a while and find it out yourself, but I would suggest that when you go about it, you know, try to draw up some things that you just, you know, I'm not going to go for that, or I will go for this. There's lots of things you can do, okay. One of the one of the wonderful features about it uh, that can be used is that a lot of times people inside it, the the the, uh, the email system that's built inside of it, the message system they have there, is if you get accepted uh, something, they can actually help you with with various drafts back and forth on some things they ask you to change and do, and then you can signal back to them and fix it, send it back over there, and then they can go about things. So it it, it really is a, a a joy for that as well, and um. Well, I think that's a that's about it for for submittable. I think I pretty much covered all I would want to cover on, on on something like that. I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of emails about this, but hopefully this helps you understand something about tracking, and in general, and what you can do, and of course about submittable and how this stuff is really I I find has some real importance in terms of your the not just the mechanics but of the marketing of your work because remember ultimately that's what submitting something is. It's a marketing thing. 
You know, you, you happen to go out, you're sending your work out, you're marketing it, okay? You just need to make sure you're observing the guidelines and you need to make sure you're observing, you know, the own rules of your heart and, and what you feel in your, in your character, you know, is, is too much or too little, all right? And you'll be, and it'll be just fine. I really enjoyed having to share all that with you. I've had a lot of years of experience with that. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited to have a show about that. So I'm hoping that's going to help you educate a lot more people going forward over there. Okay. Uh, next, uh, next week we're going to do a show um, on the 21st on, on Vaclav Havel, uh, the Czechoslovakian playwright imprisoned for writing plays. <laughs> I got a couple stories about that as well during one time when I was in West Germany, and, and of course a little bit about him. And, and some of his writing, and it's going to be a really enjoyable show. And I got one more show I'm still putting together for the very end of the month. So uh, I'm still working on, on that. I've been on vacation for a while, so I'm happy to be back and happy everyone's still out there. And thank you for the emails. Thank you for the messages and contacts. I really do appreciate it. Even the people that are negative. Hey, at least you, you stopped and listened and had to say something. All right. So it, it's not the best thing to hear. <laughs> what are you going to do? I, I'll, I'll live with it, okay? All right, folks, God bless. Until next time, this is Mark Anthony Rossi, Strength to be Human. That was episode 205, Thoughts on Submission Tracking and Submittable. Take care. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.